I hope that you've been having a great time already and uh, that you have had time to go back and listen to last Sunday's word from our man of God, Prophet Shaiju. He taught us on several keys that will help us to access the reverse of God, the reverse that the Lord wants to unleash, the reverse that He has prepared for those that are thirsty, those that are hungry, those that are receptive. And I also hope that several of us who are connected to the stream of Revive Nations, we have been intentional to study Isaiah chapter 41. Our man of God mentioned how we need to go back and study Isaiah chapter 41 and we will receive several keys that will help unlock uh, the amazing revelations about the reverse of God. And, and I like the fact that he touched on this and he said, if it's not just one river, but God has got multiple rivers. If we are going to be willing to go deeper, access, keep digging deeper, keep understanding the principles and the precepts that the Lord is opening up for us in this season, we will have a mighty gushing river uh, and the streams will flow and permeate into every aspect of our life. And we are going to come up and out in Jesus name. I hope that you are ready for the ride in the season ahead. I'm so excited for the season that we are in. We got to celebrate our father's birthday on the last Sunday. And uh, although uh, the gathering didn't happen physically, uh, we got to see so many of us um, that reached out and shared posts on social media, sharing how you've been blessed by Prophet Shaiju Matthew in the last year. And personally, I'm, I'm excited, super, super excited for this uh, whole season of being able to receive and learn from him personally through the YouTube videos. I, I think that sometimes we uh, limit our learning to just saying, okay, I will learn when I get to meet the man of God personally. But what you don't understand is that every week when we have the YouTube stream coming up on a Sunday or on a Wednesday, he is in fact spiritually, personally coming into our living rooms to meet with us. He has met with God. He has spent time in God's presence and he is bringing that word to us. And uh, that is such a privilege that you and I have. And that is in fact better and more important than you being able to meet him personally. And I have seen that, you know, I have had the privilege of spending a lot of time uh, with the man of God in the past few years. But uh, for me, what I have really, really uh, learned and grown and experienced is that when he brings the word of God, when he brings the heart of God, when he begins to minister on behalf of God, that is a greater and a more powerful encounter than everything else. And, uh, you know, in this season, he has helped us to have a prophetic understanding of the times and the seasons that we are in. And uh, 
uh, I hope that you'd been following the news uh, that's coming up from America about the elections and the swearing-in ceremony of the current president of the United States. I hope you would continue to pray over the United States of America. The prophecies that our father gave, he had been clearly mentioning that we are not fighting or believing for a, a Trump victory or a Biden victory. You know, this was never about a person. It was about the character of a nation. That is what we were fighting for. That is what we were believing for and we have to continue to pray for that. We have to continue to believe that God's purposes will prevail. Although I understand that it will be naturally good if we had a president who believed and agreed with the biblical foundations and the principles that, are, uh, that the nation is built on and uh, will be able to influence and help so many other nations likewise. And yet, it is uh, okay uh, that we do not have it our way because our trust is not in a man or in a system. Our trust is in the king of the earth. Our trust is in the Lord. And that is what our man of God has been teaching us. And uh, he also prepared us by saying that before the revival comes, there will also come a persecution. So we have to be prepared for that uh, season. If, if we are praying for revival, we have to believe that uh, there are going to be times when things are going to be adverse, things are going to be against us, people are going to be against us, not everybody is going to celebrate us. And, and that is the perfect ground for us to receive and grow in revival and see an explosive growth of signs, wonders, churches being planted, souls being harvested and mighty working power of God unleashed all over the world. So let's get ready and let's prepare for the time and the season that the Lord has placed us in. You know, even as we get ready to receive the word for tonight, we're going to study uh, the scriptures a little more uh, tonight. I hope that uh, some of you uh, were blessed and you got to learn a little bit about what the Bible says about the one world government last time when we studied from the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation. But before I go ahead, can I just encourage you to take a moment to hit like on the video and if you can share it with one of your friends or family members who can tune in along with you because the more number of times you share and you like what it does is that it helps our channel and our videos to 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 be more available to people who are unaware of what God is doing through what we are teaching and ministering and it'll really help to spread the word so make sure make it a habit to always as soon as you come on line and on the stream make sure to hit the like button and share it with your friends i really believe that many of us would have had our own share of questions our own share of uh, doubts and the things that we would want to know more about the end times 
And the truth of the matter is that many of our questions and concerns about what the end time will look like will only be clarified when we actually enter into those phases and then we look at the scripture and just like the disciples wrote in the gospels they said oh this is what they meant when the prophet isaiah said this this is what prophet jeremiah was trying to say so when they saw the fulfillment of it is when they were able to accurately explain that this is what prophet isaiah or jeremiah or joel or amos this is what they were trying to explain so so many of our questions and concerns will be actually clarified only when we begin to walk into those fulfillments and the active happenings in our day and time and yet it is very necessary for us to continue to dig and learn as much as possible of what the scripture says so that we are not caught unaware the bible says that the day of the lord will come like a thief in the night and yet it is not going to come like a thief in the night for you and me it also says that you and i we are people who are children of the light we are not living in the darkness it will be coming as a thief in the night for those who live in the darkness who are unaware of the times and the seasons who are unaware of what god is doing upon the earth but for you and i we are students of god's word we are sensitive to god's holy spirit for you and i we will be prepared in every way because we are equipping ourselves with the word that god has given us the prophetic word that god has given us you know let's go again into the book of revelation tonight and uh, keep your comments coming in and it's such a joy to see uh, all your comments and uh, a, spe- a special thanks to all of our pastor friends from around the world who have been tuning in and commenting and uh, we continue to uh, read your comments and we enjoy seeing what god has been speaking and teaching you through the revive nation streams and uh, i also like to uh, really thank my father uh, for allowing me and trusting me to share these things and many of the things that i'm sharing may not necessarily be 100% uh, accurate in terms of okay this is exactly how it will happen you know this is from my personal times of studying and growing with the lord and i'm still learning and i'm still growing so please don't mind if i make a mistake i am uh, sharing this in uh, submission to my father if i make a mistake he's uh, going to correct me i am ready to receive correction and help from him and that is the place from which i'm sharing everything that i'm sharing last week and this week as well you know in the coming weeks uh, probably if the lord allows and if it's the right time and the season we'd love to deal with a little more of topics uh, depending on how the lord wants uh, and the lord wants to teach us and speak to us but for tonight let's go to the book of revelation once again and we are in chapter 17 and let's begin with verse 
and I am reading from the New Living Translation. So the angel took me in the spirit into the wilderness. There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that had ten horns and seven heads, and blasphemies against God were written all over it. It's speaking about a woman who is sitting on a beast. You remember we talked about the beast in the last time and it says that this woman is hosted by this beast. If you read the book of Revelation, we will see two women. One is Babylon the Great and the second is Jerusalem, the holy city. Both women had this uh, names of cities and both women um, are referred to as in, in completely different terms. Babylon would be constantly referred to as Babylon the Great, whereas Jerusalem would be referred to as the Holy City. And towards the end, in chapter 19 onwards, we would see how Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven, it is like the bride that is ready for her groom. It's a picture of the church, the pure holy church, which leads me to believe that this lady that we are witnessing here is the false or the counterfeit church. It is a religious system which looks like the church, which looks like the bride, which looks like she is uh, doing the right thing, having the right worship, but her object of worship is wrong because she is hosted by the beast and she is worshipping the beast. Just like the church is the bride of Christ, this Babylon the Great will be the bride of the Antichrist. The Bible says, verse 4, the woman wore purple and scarlet clothing and beautiful jewelry made of gold and precious gems and pearls uh, was all over her. And in her hand, she had a gold goblet full of obscenities and impurities of her immorality. And a mysterious name was written on her forehead, Babylon the Great, mother of all prostitutes and obscenities in the world. And I could see that she was drunk. How was she drunk? She was drunk with the blood of God's holy people who were witnesses for Jesus. Check this out. This woman's dressing and the woman's actions and what is written on her forehead and everything. When we read the description of all of this, we would, you know, may, we may think, oh my God, this is, this is absurd. This is bad. This is ugly. This is something I never want to witness or never want to be impressed by. And here is John who is looking at this and the Bible says, when he saw this, verse 6, he is in the spirit and he is seeing all of this and it says, I stared at her in complete amazement. If you read the root word, there, or if you read the KGV translation of this verse, 
you would see that john is saying i looked at her with admiration or he began to adore this lady now you and i know that this lady doesn't deserve our admiration and yet when the apostle john looks at her it says he automatically began to admire this lady and i think that that is going to be the sign of the counterfeit church in the last day the counterfeit church that is going to be in partnership with the beast that this counterfeit church is going to be uh, speaking things doing things that is going to be uh, pleasing to people everybody is going to admire and adore this lady that even sometimes even the elect will be deceived that is what the bible says and our prophet has been warning us of this throughout the entire season in 2020 and he has been preparing us to identify how to know when we have false prophets among us how to know when we have the nicolaitan teaching and the nicolaitan spirits that are functioning among us and it says that john was so amazed and he began to admire this lady that the angel came and asked in verse 7 why are you so amazed the angel asked i will tell you the mystery of this woman and of the beast with seven heads and the 10 horns on which she sits the beast that you saw was once alive but isn't now and yet he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction and the people who belong to this world whose names were not written in the book of life before the world was made will be amazed at the reappearance of this beast who had died wait a minute what is it talking about a reappearance it says that this beast was once alive which means this beast was once walking this planet earth but right now he is kept in chains he is uh, in the bottomless pit and soon he will come up out of the bottomless pit and he will begin to deceive people there is a set time when he is going to come up this beast will be released and he will come up and the people who belong to this world you remember i taught you about this last week that the people who belong to this world they have their identity connected to the things of this world and second it says whose names are not written in the book of life uh, before the world was made this category of people uh, who are belonging to the world and whose names are not in the book of life they will be amazed at the reappearance of this beast who had died so that is what we need to wonder right now and say wait a minute if he has died and if he is going to reappear i need to study history to know where all did he appear before me where all did he uh, come previously and what all did he do and how was he overcome 
Let's go ahead. Verse 9. I'm just coming to something. Please bear with me. It says in verse 9, This calls for a mind with understanding. The seven heads of the beast, they represent the seven hills where the woman rules. The seven hills on which the woman rules. They also represent seven kings. Five kings have already fallen. The sixth now reigns. The seventh is yet to come, but his reign will be brief. The scarlet beast that was, but is no longer, is the eighth king. He is like the other seven, and he too is headed for destruction. Now let me break it down for you. It says that this calls for a mind with understanding. Can we just quickly pray and say, Lord, help me understand what is written in scripture. Make my mind a mind with understanding. You and I, we have the mind of Christ. And that is why we can understand the mysteries of the spirit. We cannot understand this in logical or rational you know, sense and just with biblical theological perspective. We need a mind with understanding, with spiritual intelligence. It says the seven heads of the beast, they represent the seven hills where the woman rules. Okay, that's for another time. The When we study about this woman in detail, we will talk about that. It says they also represent the second thing that it represents is the seven kings. The seven kings who had seven kingdoms or who will have seven dominions. Now come to verse 10. Now this is Apostle John who is hearing it in his day and time from an angel. It says, five kings have already fallen. They have already died. Their kingdoms have already you know, become extinct. The sixth now reigns, which is in John's time. It is going on at this point. The seventh one is yet to come. But his reign is going to be brief. And then the eighth one will come. The eighth one will be the beast. The eighth one will be the Antichrist. The eighth one will be the one who will rise up and fight against God. And it says the characteristic of the eighth king is going to be that he is going to be like the other seven combined. Do you remember last time we were studying about the leopard and the lion and the bear that Daniel spoke about? And when John sees the beast, he says, Hey, this, be this beast, he's a lion and a leopard and a bear. He's all three combined. And here in chapter 17, it says that the eighth king or the eighth kingdom, the scarlet beast, he will have the characteristics of all the previous seven kingdoms. Now, this is where I'd like to explain it a little bit. Now, when John is writing, there has been 
five world kingdoms one world governments that has already functioned up until john's time you know we are preparing for a one world government in the natural realm and in the spiritual realm whether we acknowledge it and or we see it immediately or not we are preparing and we are headed towards that that's what the bible says the eighth kingdom we are preparing towards the eighth kingdom let me talk about the first five i mean let's talk about all seven of them to understand how the eighth kingdom will have properties and characteristics that will be imitated from all the seven kingdoms that has preceded the eighth one that's what the bible says now the bible talks about the first one world government in the book of genesis how when joseph went into egypt you know when our father was teaching about spiritual warfare uh, and taking the whole system he talked about this in detail how joseph with the anointing that joseph got employed in pharaoh's house in his kingdom joseph made pharaoh the king of the whole world the king of the entire known world back in the day so there was a time when there was famine all over the world and everybody from all over the world had to come to pharaoh to receive food and provisions they were all dependent on pharaoh they were all saved because of pharaoh because there was food in pharaoh's house so what joseph did or what pharaoh did because of joseph's anointing is that he got power and authority over the whole world so the egyptian government was the first government or the first kingdom the first empire to exercise uh, you know authority and rulership over the whole world technically the the known world in his day and time now this is not to say that every person on planet earth submitted to pharaoh and the egyptian government there has been there's definitely pockets and many people group even in that time that probably didn't submit to egyptians and yet the egyptian empire was the first one to have the one world government actively functioning before egypt the tower of babel tried but it didn't work and so the first thing that worked and this was because of the anointing of a child of god the first thing that worked was the egyptian government the second thing that worked was the assyrian kingdom you would read about this in second kings how the assyrian king he took down all the kings and the kingdoms of the world and he became a extremely powerful king he comes and begins to taunt the kings and kingdoms of judah and israel and he is telling them hey i have taken down all the kings and the kingdoms of the world who is your god who is who is this prophet or who is this uh, god that you're worshiping is he able to save you from me as well so the assyrian kingdom had a great power we read about this in second kings we read about this in secular history 
you can google about this and study about the glory of the assyrian kingdom the assyrian kingdom after the egyptian kingdom was the second world power you know you should understand that many of the empires of the world around that time they would pay allegiance to the assyrian kingdom and even if uh, you know they had these smaller kings they they all submitted to the authority and the rulership of the assyrian kingdom now the assyrian kingdom when they started fighting the people of god god said i am going to overthrow you god judged them big time and thus came the fall of the assyrian kingdom in fact god sent prophets to prophesy about their fall and to prophesy that another kingdom will take its place and that was the third one the babylonian kingdom the babylonian kingdom under king nebuchadnezzar took over the assyrian kingdom and became the third world power this kingdom took over the whole world from the left to the right north to the south everywhere the, the babylonian kingdom started spreading uh, in the then known world and just like uh, you know in the days of uh, egypt in the days of pharaoh he had the help of a joseph in the days of uh, this babylonian king he had the help of a daniel a shadrach meshach abednego who would stand by him and help him to rule the then known world and so that was the third kingdom the fourth kingdom was the kingdom that uh, you know uh, succeeded him that was the kingdom of the medes and the persians persians we call it as the medo persian empire it was half medes and half persian and that was the fourth empire and you would see it in the book of uh, esther you can see it in the book of nehemiah you can see uh, the traces of it in in ezra where uh, king cyrus is one of the kings of the Medi- medes and the persians and all of these uh, kings you would see that their empire la- had access and dominion over the whole world so so you should understand that the one world government that we are talking about it's not a new thing it is not something that is going to happen and it's going to be a brand new ideology this has already happened several times in history this has already been exercised several times where one kingdom or one uh, nation had authority over the whole earth uh, and there will be some pockets of resistance some pockets that will actively intentionally fight against it and after now the medes and the persians were the four, fourth one the fifth one was the uh, kingdom of the greece the greece uh, the greeks the kingdom under alexander the great and this kingdom were succeeded the medes and the persians this was the kingdom that daniel in his day and time he prophesied about he predicted that after the medes and the persians the kingdom of greece will come but when john is looking at it he's looking at it in past tense he's saying the five the fifth kingdom also has already fallen so the egyptian kingdom fell assyrian kingdom fell the babylonian kingdom fell 
the Medes and the Persians fell, the kingdom of Greece under Alexander and his uh, generals also fell during the time of uh, John when he is seeing this revelation in Patmos and he's looking at the government that is functional in his day and time and which is that government that is the Roman government and he's saying that the the sixth one is currently functional you know let me read that again just in case you missed it this is verse 10 of Revelation chapter 17 he says five kings have already fallen the sixth now reigns that is the Roman government and the seventh is yet to come but his reign will be brief so what he says is this government this Roman government that is reigning right now now the Roman government at that time had rulership over the whole known world from sunrise to sunset they had authority and power in several parts of the world in most parts of the world the Roman government had dictatorship and authority now he goes on to say that this will be the sixth government the sixth king and then a seventh will arise so I began to um, study and I was having conversations with my wife she is a history buff too and we were doing our research and what we realized is that after the Roman government's fall uh, there has never been a, an empire as great as that the only other empire that has had that much control or even greater control over the whole world since then till now was the British Empire you know if you read about it the British Empire at one point uh, technically ruled the the vast majority of the whole globe and uh, it says for hundred constant hundred constant years the British Empire or the Britain the uh, the crown of Britain government was uh, having authority over the whole known world for constantly a hundred years now this is not to say that there were no pockets of other uh, governments like you would see French colonies, Dutch colonies, and you know uh, Portuguese colonies, and yet the uh, the British government, the British Empire, uh, had a major chunk of the whole world. They have had uh, they had access in Africa, in Asia, in America, in, in the majority of Europe. They they ruled the uh, known world for a really really long time. So. If my assumption and my conclusion is correct, the British Empire will be the seventh king that the Bible talks about. And it says, but his reign will be brief in comparison to the other previous six kings. And it says, the scarlet beast that was but is no longer is the eighth king which is yet to come. He is like the other seven, which means when he comes, he will have the characteristics of this British Empire that ruled the whole world, that colonized the whole world, that enslaved the whole world. He will have the 
cruel characteristics of the Roman government, which had no value for human life and and hurt people, murdered, slaughtered people, and did all kinds of crazy stuff with life. And he will have the characteristics of the the ambitions of the Greek Empire. He will have the the characteristics of the Mede and the Persian Empire. He will have the characteristics of the Babylonian Empire. He will have the characteristics of the Assyrian Kingdom and of the Egyptian Kingdom. Now, now I I hope you are getting a clearer picture of what we are walking into. We are not walking into something brand new. We are walking into a resurrection of the power that functioned behind these seven kingdoms. None of these seven kingdoms were kingdoms that were ordained by God. Although they had help of many anointed godly people. You know, let's talk about the kingdom of Britain. It had help of a lot of godly Christians and believers. And yet, they, none of the worldly kingdoms, they functioned in accordance to the way that God wanted them to function. And that is why they fell. That is why they uh, did things that was atrocious. That is why they did things that was against God's plans and purposes on this earth. And then we go on to see that the seventh or the eighth, sorry, the eighth king, he will have the characteristic of all the previous seven, which means the eighth king will be technically a reincarnation or a, 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 a physical manifestation of the spirit that worked behind the first seven kings. Now, another very interesting fact is that John, when he's seeing this vision of, you know, we read about this last week in uh, uh, Revelation chapter 13, he says that a beast is coming up out of the sea. When he says that, he's uh, in the island of Patmos. And the sea that is in front of him is the Mediterranean Sea. And all these seven kingdoms that we read about or we heard about, all of them are from that region, are from that European region. Uh, they, they all had their origins in that area around the Mediterranean. And from there, they went on to conquer and have dominion over the whole world. And that is why many biblical theologians, they believe that the beast or the Antichrist, so to speak, will also come out of Europe. Now, that is what many people believe. That is what, uh, you know, there is a lot of biblical evidence to believe that. It's not to say that it has to be in European, but it, it's just a, a, a way of uh, predicting the pattern because we see that all the seven kingdoms have come out of Europe. We think that the Antichrist will also come out of Europe because of the uh, the uh, the vision that John saw when he said, I saw a beast coming up out of the sea. You know, Daniel, he, uh, you know, explained a particular dream that King Nebuchadnezzar saw. You know, one night when Nebuchadnezzar woke up, he was terrified by the dream that he saw. 
and he wanted somebody to help him understand what it is now if you read that uh, interpretation we will see that it is exactly in line with what john the apostle john the revelator saw in the book of revelation and he's talking about the end times and he's talking about the days that you and i are living in it says but after your kingdom comes to an end this is uh, sorry i didn't mention the scripture this is daniel chapter 2 verse 39 onwards this is daniel speaking to nebuchadnezzar and he says after your kingdom comes to an end he is basically seeing a, a statue where the head is of gold and then of then you know the the value continues to decrease as it goes down and he says the head the golden head is you and after your kingdom comes to an end another kingdom inferior to yours will rise to take your place and after that kingdom has fallen yet a third kingdom represented by bronze will rise to rule the world following that kingdom there will be a fourth one as strong as iron that kingdom will smash and crush all the previous empires just as iron smashes and crushes everything it strikes but the feet and the toes that you saw were a combination of iron and baked clay showing that this kingdom will be divided like iron mixed with clay it will have some of the strength of the iron while some other parts of it will be as strong as iron other parts will be as weak as clay the mixture of iron and clay also shows that these kingdoms will try to strengthen themselves by forming alliances with each other through intermarriage but they will not hold together just as iron and clay do not mix during the reigns of those kings the god of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed or conquered it will crush all these kingdoms into nothingness and it will stand forever that is the meaning of the rock that is cut from the mountain though not by human hands that crushed to pieces the statue of iron bronze clay silver and gold the great god was showing the king what will happen in the future the dream is true and its meaning is certain this is daniel interpreting the dream to king nebuchadnezzar now we are trying to study the pattern that would lead to the one world government how the structure is going to be now daniel looks at the dream that god has shown nebuchadnezzar and explains to him saying you know what you are the head which is made of gold the babylonian kingdom is the head and then is the silver uh, chest and he says hey that silver it represents the kingdom that is going to come after you and it's going to be inferior to yours not necessarily in its influence because the medes and the persians that came after babylon they if you study history they were twice as big as babylon you know every kingdom that followed the previous kingdom had more influence like the egyptian kingdom was uh, you know followed by 
the Assyrian kingdom. The Assyrian kingdom had more influence. The Babylonian kingdom had even more influence. The Medes and the Persians had even more influence. And yet, when God is looking at it, God says, hey, the, the value of the kingdom is going to decrease and decrease, reduce. In my eyes, the gold is becoming silver and the silver is now going to become bronze and the bronze is now going to become iron and then it is going to become a mixture of iron and clay. And so what God is saying is that the, the, the quality of human government is going to continue to deteriorate as time goes by. And he says that the second one is going to be silver, which is, of course, the Medes and the Persians. And then is the bronze, which represents the kingdom of Greece. Uh, you know, Daniel was very, uh, very blunt in explaining the details of it, even in the later chapters of the book of Daniel. And then he says that the feet uh, will be made of iron and it will smash everything in its way. And that is the Roman government. They were very harsh, very, very harsh, killing and hurting and really, uh, really bad in the way that they did government. Now, after that, it skips thousands of years and it says the last government will be a mixture of iron and clay. Now, iron, of course, it represents dictatorship or hard ruling and clay it represents democracy because there is a mixture of ideas and a mixture of all, all principles and you know ways of functioning and it says this final the feet or the or the toes that will be a mixture of iron and clay and when the rock falls it doesn't fall on the head it doesn't fall please go back and read daniel chapter 2 for the whole picture and the whole vision that King Nebuchadnezzar saw. It's beautiful, it's very powerful and has a great uh, help in understanding how the one world government will come to an end uh, at the in the last days. It says, the stone does not fall on the head, which is the Babylonian kingdom. It doesn't fall on the chest, which is the Medes and the Persian kingdom. It doesn't even fall on the bronze part of the body nor on the iron part of the body it falls at the feet where the toes are made of uh, the iron and the clay the mixture of iron and the clay and you know if you read it says that, it, that the statue would have 10 toes now when we go into the book of revelation you would see the same thing there in revelation chapter 17 where it talks about uh, the, the, the world having 10 kings who would give their authority to the beast. So at that time, the end time, at the last point when the beast is coming up and being revealed, being manifested, the world is going to be split into 10 governments or 10 provinces or 10 unions, you know. We, we know that there are unions like the European Union. There are uh, other things like United Nations, NATO, and a lot of, uh, in every area in Asia, there is a, a union called SARC. Uh, in every area, even in Africa, there are, there are unions, African unions. 
you know and there are these major unions that are already existing right now in our day and time these unions has great power because they can uh, isolate a country they can disconnect a country from the rest of the continent and uh, and actually paralyze that country if they do not um, you know take part in what they want them to take part in and uh, these uh, unions i mean they may or may not be the same unions when the antichrist comes to power but it says that there is going to be 10 kings at the last day now few of them are going to be democratic and few of them are going to be dictatorship that is the detail that i want you to pay attention to it says that it is going to be a mixture of iron and clay which means not everybody is going to be voted into power and not everybody is going to be uh you know dictators either some of them are going to be dictators and others are going to be democratic and it will be a mixture of both and that will be the time and that is the time that you and i are living in right now you know we do not or we are not able to always put our finger on saying hey this guy is a dictator or this guy is is fairly won an election and he is he's come through a democratic process we we can't really always put our finger to know because it's all it almost looks like a mixture of clay and of iron because some places you see the iron popping up some places you see the clay coming up you know it's it's not it it doesn't look clear enough and the bible says that will be the season that will be the time when the 10 kings will arise when there will be this 10 unions around the world that will be formed and then the antichrist will come the beast will be revealed and the 10 kingdoms will make their allegiance known they will surrender their authority to the beast it says in revelation chapter 17 they will want to reign along with the beast you know when the beast comes everybody is going to be amazed at the power that this beast carries at the solutions that this beast is going to give them at the answers that the beast is going to give them and and they are all going to be uh, amazed in the same way that the the john looked at the counterfeit church and was amazed and, and began to admire this counterfeit babylonian church in the same way the world is going to look at the beast and they are going to be amazed the people of the world they are going to be amazed and they are going to sell their lives they are going to sell their uh, their uh, ideologies their independence their freedom do whatever it takes to be want to be part of this one world government and you know you would see a picture of this let me just take you to the book of genesis it says that the people in the days of joseph they sold their own lives to pharaoh they sold themselves to pharaoh so that they can have their daily provisions you know they began with giving up their uh, you know livestock and their land and everything and finally they sold themselves all of egypt became slaves to pharaoh all of their land everything belonged to pharaoh and that is how pharaoh was able 
to to have dominion and authority and that is the same spirit that is going to be resurrected and active in the last days a spirit that is going to uh, expect us to give up our freedom give up our rights give up our privileges everything in order to embrace to take in their agenda their uh, kingdom you know we have to be establishing their kingdom we have to be doing what they want us to do that is the world that we are headed into french that is the world into which the beast is going to come but the finality of the matter is that there is a stone you know daniel said it like this the stone that is not cut out uh, from human hands it is not made by human hands there is a rock that is not cut out with human strength there is a, a son who is not born by human ability the son of god who is going to come at the right time and he will be like a rock that is going to crush the heel the the foot the ten toes that ten kingdoms at the end of time they may have the greatest influence you know in influence they they have always grown from the head to toe although in power in god's eyes their their value kept deteriorating and and decreasing but their influence kept increasing as they went from the head to the toe and when it reaches the toe the stone will come and crush and that stone the bible says will become a huge mountain that mountain will fill the whole world and that mountain is the kingdom of god and you and i we're going to be part of that kingdom you and i who believe in jesus who whose names are written in the lamb's book of life who are not belonging to this world who belong to heaven who belong to eternity we will have a part in that mountain of god you know as a homework i'd like you to go back and read zechariah chapter 14 it talks about the glorious coming of the lord but this is the mark of when we are ready to see the lord come it says in zechariah chapter 14 and verse 2 that all the nations of the earth will gather to fight jerusalem they will gather to fight the city of jerusalem you know in the past there has been one or two nations that have tried to fight jerusalem and or israel but we've never witnessed all the nations of the earth gather together to fight jerusalem and that is going to happen at the end of this uh 7 year period the beast is going to gather all the nations of the earth every single one that has been uh, allegiance that have pledged their allegiance to the beast he'll gather all of them against jerusalem and that is when the bible says the lord will come down to fight for them and he will uh, descend on the mount of olives and and from there the story is going to change from there jerusalem will be the capital of the known world for the next thousand years and we will rule and reign with him why am i teaching you all this to prepare your heart to prepare your mind so that you can be alert and active and sensitive to know that 
the seven kingdoms that the Bible talks about has already passed. It's already gone. The eighth kingdom, it's time for the eighth kingdom to come. The eighth kingdom is going to have the properties of all the seven kingdoms put together. Although we can go into specifics and details, let me just leave you with this, that the Lord is speaking to us right now. The Lord is telling us to prepare right now, to pray like never before, to, to be attentive to His voice and His spirit like never before. The one warning that is repeated in the book of Revelation is this. You know, John would repeat it seven times to the seven churches. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And the Spirit is still speaking. The Spirit is still leading. The Spirit is still doing something personal and real in each and every one of our lives. If you have an ear, will you be attentive? Will you be receptive to what the Spirit is saying and doing in your church, in your life, in your home? Will you be ready? Will you be prepared? Will you talk about this Jesus to somebody else so that they do not have to be among the ones that are belonging to the world and those that don't have their name in the Lamb's Book of Life? Will you share the gospel with somebody today? Will you pray for the end time revival? Will you believe that the Lord is going to use this season and time that we are in to bring a, a harvest of souls all over the world? The, the persecution will usher in a great revival. So let's not be discouraged. Instead, let's press on like never before. Are you ready? Let's pray together. Father, we come at this time of Bible study into your precious hands. We know that the purpose of studying scripture is not to be just filled with knowledge, but it is to be equipped and edified so that we can do your service. We can serve your people. We can help your children. We can build your body. And right now we pray that the faith of your children will be strengthened like never before. They will look forward to seeing that stone, that rock that is not cut out by human hands come down to become a, a, a mountain on this earth, a mountain, a, a huge mountain that will fill the earth, that their eyes will continue to be fixed on the kingdom of God not on the kingdom of man, not on human precedents, not on human governments, but on the kingdom of God that is going to be established on this earth. And help us, teach us how to be ambassadors of that kingdom right now. Teach us how to proclaim this gospel to the ends of the earth. Teach us how to be effective witnesses because we know that the Harvest is plenty and the laborers are few. We know that the harvest is now and the time is here and the, the, the time is at hand. The kingdom is at hand. We know that, Lord. So help us in this season to, to rise up and do what we are called to do like never before. Give your children the divine anointing and the ability to move into their uh, plan into your plan for their lives and their 
families and their churches their cities their ministries lord cause there to be divine flourishing this season thank you for helping us to be rooted in your word because we know that at the scent of water we will blossom again at the scent of water we will rise up again we will be resurrected again and we will do great and mighty things for your kingdom we thank you lord for speaking to us in jesus mighty name we pray amen amen god bless you guys thank you so much for tuning in this morning uh, continue to share in the comments what you learned and what you heard from the lord even as you were listening to this bible study we enjoy reading all that you're writing and sharing and let us know where you're watching from as well you know the prophet has asked me to cover some uh, topics but of course we will continue to wait on the lord and see what god wants to do in these uh, wednesday nights we'll we'll will wait for god's timings and just follow accordingly some of the topics that we do want to cover is uh, we want to talk about the mark of the beast what could it be discuss various perspectives and we want to also talk about the timeline pro- progression of the end times you know how close are we what are the signs how can we identify those and if you have questions or concerns or anything that you would like to discuss with us feel free to leave it in the comments or feel free to reach out to us on one of the social media uh connections of revive nations and we would be more than glad to try and address some of them thank you so much for tuning in tonight may the lord bless you with amazing and divine sleep and we will catch up with you again on sunday morning be ready be prepared come hungry and come excited to go into the next level to climb a greater mountain on this coming weekend thank you so much We'll see you there.